Hi, you're listening to Go See a Show, New York City's independent theater podcast. The common aphorism, write what you know, can be, well, more than a bit daunting, especially when you find yourself writing about something so close and dear to you, like your family. With Bernie and Mikey's Trip to the Moon, the personal becomes theatrical. Go see a show correspondent Alex Randrup sat down with the playwright and some of the cast after a recent performance. Let's listen in. We like to get started with just everyone going around and, and introducing themselves. So I'm Alex, I'm running the podcast for Go See a Show. Hey, I'm Jordan Lage. I play Mikey Sr. in uh, Bernie and Mikey's Trip to the Moon. My name is Benjamin Rossoff, and I play Jeff Goldblum in the show called Bernie and Mikey's Trip to the Moon. Hi, my name is Stephanie Gould, and I play Bernie. Hi, I'm Scott Aiello, and I'm the playwright. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Almost got it. <laughs> I'm Forrest Malloy. I play Mikey Jr. in Bernie and Mikey's Trip to the Moon. Amazing. Um, and the first question we like to ask, which usually takes up a solid amount of time, is if you, you know, saw someone on the street today that you haven't seen in a long time, you're like, oh, hey, man, while you're in town, you should see this show. What would you tell them the show's about? What are they coming to see? I'll let you guys feel better. <laughs> uh, I would tell them it's about uh, a family, uh, in some ways dealing with sort of classic dysfunctional family dynamics, um, and uh, in a more particular sense, it's about uh, the the care of uh, one family member who has a cognitive disability, and questions of uh, what it means to take care of her. What what. Uh, what she actually requires versus what the characters think she requires. Mm. I also think it's a love story mm. between a brother and a sister, mm. and it's unconditional love, and there's something about the understanding that they have between each other that I don't think many shows explore nowadays. So, Well, that's all very well and good, but it's really about this father, you <laughs> see. Oh. <laughs> Uh, loves his family. He's not without his flaws, but uh, he's trying to do the best by his his family, especially his daughter, whom he loves so much. Nice. What do you think about it? To me, I would like say that this whole play is about this whole family who's like impressed and sometimes depressed due to their daughter Bernie being disabled, brain damaged, mm-hmm. and like they all try to deal about how to raised their children properly and like how the how the family would go so well in the future mm-hmm. I mean because life is not is not that easy with the family yeah mm-hmm. yeah uh, I'm unique I would say if someone were to ask me on the street I would say that um, I wrote an homage to the life of my little sister and uh, <clears throat> her impact upon my family and her impact on the world and uh, this is my love letter to my little sister that would be my answer Written from a very personal place. Very personal place. Specific perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, definitely a lot about, like, the. for me, it was a lot about the family and then also the individuals involved and how you're one and also the other all the time, no matter what. Um, And, you know, we talk about in theater how, like, going through creating a show together for several months sometimes, you become a bit of a family. So... I'm curious, like the both the personal approaches to each of the characters, as well as what it was like creating this little mini universe as 
a larger little family? Um, my approach for Bernie, because it deals with a cognitive disability, um, I had I sort of related it with my physical disability because I have a mild form of cerebral palsy. So I'm using, I, I related to her in that way. I mm-hmm. sort of, I knew her in my gut type of thing from a disability perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also knew her from a family perspective, just how she deals with her brother and her mom and dad. And there's a lot of love there, but there's a lot of, you know, everybody I think wants the best for everybody else. and. It, it, how you go about that, mm-hmm. you know, is different. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's interesting. I mean, the, the play obviously is, a, is the basis for, uh, you know, bringing this group of <laughs> disparate people who none of well, some of whom know, knew each other before they came along. I didn't know anybody in the cast. Mm-hmm. But um, play obviously is, is a great uh, place for that to start. And as rehearsal went along, we formed, we began to form a bond because of the the interrelationships between the characters and the family, but I have to say, the fact that we all share a dressing room together <laughs> has made us, I think, even closer. At first, yeah. I thought it was going to drive us apart because we were just like stumbling all over each other. It's very cramped back there, but I think it's actually brought us even closer yeah. together. Yeah, we are, we are some weird dysfunctional family. We are. It's yeah. kind of, it's kind of amazing how much of a family we actually are. Like Margot is pretty much plays my mom mm-hmm. is pretty much my mom mm-hmm. Jordan is pretty much my dad you know this little one over here is pretty much my brother mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah you know? yeah so we have this family dynamic together and you feel that closeness on the stage for sure that familiarity well, literal close quarters has been a factor from the beginning yeah is the uh, the rehearsal hall we were in was was pretty small so that yeah. kind of just it just pushes people to actually sort of deal with each other and the space that we're in is the same thing you, you there's nowhere to to run which creates interesting tension as well yeah which is, it's, it's, it's good nice. it's good for drama oh yeah interesting yeah. tension and it's you know relievedly there's no divas in the cast no there's no divas in the cast <laughs> um and so and so you know that that hasn't been a problem at all everybody's like you know cool about everyone's personal space and respectful of that and um, it's, it just makes for a very harmonious you know, working relationship, which is uh, what you always want, and but you don't always get. That, it doesn't mm. hurt that Ben brings donuts every once in a while. Mm. Yeah. We like Ben's donuts. The great donuts are key. Snacks. <laughs> it's all about snacks. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. Um, I remember one time, like, in the opening ceremony, like, we got, like, a lot of mails from some of the crew members, uh-huh. like, especially Sky Yellow and Claire. Uh, even like the necklace of a moon that we got and a moonstone. Hmm. It was really um, sweet. That's yeah. nice. Also, uh, Mike, and also to tell you the truth, um, I don't know if this is part of the question, but um, my character, Jeff Goldblum, and I, well, what was the question again? I was just curious about anything of, um, you know, building your own characters as well as the dynamics with everybody else. How in a, you know, when you're making a play. Yeah you can get so close and kind of mimic that family structure. Yeah, to tell you the truth, um, my character, Jeff Goldblum, well, I'm not talking about the actor, I'm talking about (laughs) the other Jeff Goldblum in the play. Um, Jeff and I have something compared, which is that we both have an intellectual disability, Mm -hmm. 
Like, um, well, I don't know if um, Jeff Goldblum is autistic or not, but I'm actually the one who's autistic in real life. Okay. Well, like sometimes I could struggle with some words when I, whenever I try to like get interviews or speak to somebody or like when I'm acting in a show or mm -hmm. no, I know I'm not so well, I shouldn't be trying to struggle in different shows. But mm -hmm. for this one, I could if I had to, since that's what my character could, could sometimes do. He's a good on stage boyfriend. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't have had it any other way. Yes. Yeah, uh, in the show, well, I start like my, I start off pretty annoying, but, <laughs> but then, but then the, you but, come around, and I become it becomes emotional, and in a, and then later on, we both me and Bernie in the show are in love. Yeah, I'm, I'm not that annoying anymore. I'm, more like, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I'm not Bernie's nightmare anymore. You I'm the dreamer over. to her. Yep. And you win us all over, and the whole family over. Yeah. You, were, you were never Bernie's nightmare, but maybe. <laughs> well, I wouldn't yours. go so far as to say nightmare, but just well, maybe not, not welcome at first. Well, sometimes due to the how many times I pick a call it, or like bother you. Yeah. yeah. Well, I also think it also it speaks to the fact that any human being, whatever disability they have, physical, uh, um, intellectual, anything wants love mm. you know and bernie falls in love and mm -hmm. you know she's worthy of falling in love and having happiness and it's great that ben plays jeff in such an earnest way yeah. where it's like yeah of course i'm gonna fall in love with you <laughs> you know yeah. yeah it is this beautiful gift it is yeah it's a beautiful gift we definitely uh i think that um the interesting thing about this play is that uh, it is uh, about 75% pulled from my life. So uh, talking about family and mm -hmm. talking about family, forming a family, my family was here opening night. Aww. All of them. Uh, right there. Laughing lines that no one else yeah. would probably laugh at, uh, much to the detriment of the actors, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, but, um, you know, sitting next to my little sister... Yeah. Uh, it could have gone either way, you know. I was a little worried that she was going to, you know, she could have been hurt by it. She could have right. really enjoyed it. Um, they ended up uh, loving the play. Uh, they saw it three times, and um, my father and mother had a little cathartic moment at the end mm. of the opening night, which was kind of cool. They sort of met downstage and had a nice hug, you know, having sort of seen this homage to their lives, the good and the bad, because yeah. um, I didn't pull punches, you know, and... Uh, <laughs> you That's know, the I, good thing about the writing, though, is that he doesn't pull any punches. It's very honest. It's it really is just feels like looking through a window into someone's home. Great. Yeah. yeah. And, and Desi, uh, Desi, Scott's sister, oh uh, gave, she started giving us a little bit of criticism after, all, all positive criticism, but she yeah. came up and it, it would be, it would be, yeah, it was good tonight. It was getting, it's better. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was fantastic. Yeah. It was yeah. fantastic. It was, it was just, it was, it was always positive. It was, it's, hey, it's getting better. Yeah. <laughs> getting closer. I like it. I like it. Nice. Yeah. She came up to me <laughs> at opening night and she goes, hi. And I go, hi. And she goes, you're me. I said, I am you. <laughs> and she goes, good job. I go, thank you. <laughs> and then she goes, what's your favorite Elvis song? Yeah. I said, what do you think it is? She goes, I'll shook up. I go, you're right. Because that is my favorite Elvis song. <laughs> Such a good I one. I love it. Yeah. So she's a sweetheart. You yeah. Know? 
Oh, yeah. Speaking of that, um, after the opening night or during that time, I made a little joke that they were like doppelgangers, mm-hmm. you know, and like, and I also shared the idea of a backstory to Scott and some other people about the mis- <laughs> about not just a mosquito, but the house being robbed by the wet bandits no. from all alone. Oh, snap. Like, ben has oh, Bernie and Mikey it. fan fiction. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Every day. The sequel. Which should have happened in Act 1, Scene 2 also when, he's, when Mike talk, Jr. talks to Laura. <clears throat> Yes, I love that. <laughs> the story continues. Yeah, Fan fiction every it. day. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> Scott, I'm curious, because it's such a personal story, um, how long you've been developing this play? Is there a reason why it's happening now, or is it just kind of this was the chance, and all this play needed was a chance to live? It was a, it was a pretty long road. Um, I think that uh, I, I'm, I'm an actor primarily, and... Uh, the trickiest thing to happen uh, when you're a professional actor is the downtime. There's a lot of downtime, and we sort of like make a big pile of money and then live off of that. But you have, and you're auditioning and stuff like that. But how does one keeps keep one's artistic heart full during that downtime is a question that every actor struggles with. Um, I had wanted to tell the story of my sister for a long time, and one day when I had I was staring at two months, of, and I had a job lined up, but it was two months before the next job started, mm-hmm. and I couldn't take anything in the meantime except for voiceover and commercials and stuff. I started picking at it, and I wrote that first scene, uh, and that first scene has remained almost exactly the way that I wrote it f- two years ago, verbatim. I mean, very little has changed. And, um, you know, I have a, I, I'm fortunate in that I have a... Um, um, a network of artists that are uh, my friends that are sort of nurturing to each other and Claire Carpen who I went to school with uh, at Juilliard I showed her an early draft and I was like well, I'd never written anything before in my life and so um, I was like what do you think I was like you know mm-hmm. when you first do something like especially something that personal you only show it to people that you trust and you're not sure how what the reaction is going to be and Claire's was very positive and she's mm-hmm. like well I think this is you've got something here she goes let's keep going and then, you know, long story short, of course, I'm sure it follows many other people's uh, processes. Lots of readings, yeah. re-readings. Uh, Juilliard was really supportive in it. Nice. They gave me a space one night, and we did a staged reading uh, with many stars in the cast that, like, my friends were able to sort of grab for us, which gave it a little cachet, mm-hmm. which then got a good group of people to come and see it, mm-hmm. which then led to a small off-Broadway theater company, Strangemen, uh, seeing that reading and saying, okay, this is something that we would love to help you develop. And uh, I went into major rewrites uh, about a year before, uh, that's not true, about six months before we actually went into production, I almost completely rewrote Act Two, Mm. which is a whole other story. Mm -hmm. And uh, um, then when they called me and they said they wanted to do the the play, uh, I was like, I mean, I was astounded, first of all, because what playwright gets their first play done off Broadway, do you know what I mean? I was like, oh my God, somebody pinch me. Um, but then it was six months from when they told me, which is not a lot of time. And, uh, you know, we, we sort of had to really scramble to assemble this team, yeah. you know, and I, I, I think it turned out well. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, I think I answered your question. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's kind of like a classic, but, but the most fruitful possible version of the from page to stage mm-hmm. journey. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm very glad that it's happening. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. 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 Um, well, uh, uh, Bernie and Mikey's Trip to the Moon is playing at 59 East 59 until when? 
Until December 2nd. December 2nd, and people can get ticket info where? Uh, I would go to either Strange Men, uh, what, is, what is their website? I would go to 59E59.org. Yeah, 59E59.org to get tickets and info, go see this play, uh, go see a show. Thank you all for uh, chatting with us tonight. Very well, thank you. Very well. Thanks for the show. Oh, was yes. there was there supposed to be the question about how I got into interested in Bernie Mikey's trips to the moon, or not really? You can talk about that if you want. Yeah, it's it's a conversation about whatever comes up. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, there was something that I know how I got into it. Um, back when um back then um. A theater, a, a neurodiversity theater company called Epic Players, mm -hmm. um, which is in Brooklyn, um, saw some of my documentary shorts that I did, actually. Um, one was like, Can I Call You, which is about an, an autistic person trying to go on a relationship with someone who's non-disabled. And I had to learn, like, that, that I can't just trust someone who's just being nice, but someone who's honest. Mm. And the other one was was about the United Nations, where I speak to the former Secretary General Ban Ki Moon about autism, like, well, maybe not just autism, but something. Well, maybe it is, but um, something about climate change and um, and uh, I don't remember the other the other word, but um, but um, suddenly um, they. They got me to try out like uh, filming one of their shows, like um, "You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown," mm -hmm. and then um, I got to be in a Shakespeare play for them called Te "The Tempest" mm -hmm. by Shakespeare. Well, well, actually, which I said it right, the last Shakespeare play I could say. Mm -hmm. And that, and after that, um, Sky Yellow, who saw me in the show "The Tempest," got me to be in the show. Thought that I should be auditioning for the show bon Kim, uh, for Bernie and Mikey's Trip to the Moon and Jeff Goldblum. Tell who you were playing in The Tempest. In a, oh yeah, in The Tempest, I was playing as Ferdinand, the Prince of Naples, okay. son of King Alonso. The young lover. Yep, there you go. <laughs> so there typecast. You it's his type. <laughs> <laughs> typecast. Any, anyway, uh, I, anyway, um, suddenly, like, <sighs> suddenly I was like the winner of Getting the role of Jeff Goldblum, <laughs> and I wasn't aware about this, but these guys here from the show told me that I stole the show, even though that Stephanie Gold is actually the main protagonist, <laughs> the main star, Bernie, and Forrest too. He he also because oh we're just know. there to set it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah you really knock it in. Yes, very humble. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they're, and they're coming. Back. They're coming on Thursday. I think. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. yeah, nice. So his whole group is going well, the anticipation awesome. of who exactly is Jeff Goldblum yeah. is set up so well in the first act, and then oh, the payoff so when he does enter is a, so you hear people gasp and, and yes. start to laugh when they actually when he actually identifies himself. Well, I'm Jeff Goldblum. In the audience, you can you can hear the ripple. The audience, go, oh my god, yeah. yeah. he is Quite kind lovely. of a gem and also kind of like incites some some important stuff in the play. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You can't knock Jeff Goldblum. No, you can't. If, no. If the real Jeff Goldblum came, he'd be like, uh -huh. "What? <laughs> what?" Uh, or, yeah. or, or still waiting. Like, oh, yeah. so. he, well, maybe he'll uh, he'll listen to this podcast and realize, gotta go. Yeah, gotta make it, December second. Yeah. Oh, Jeff Goldblum. Oh, thank you. Cool. Thank you guys. Thanks.
Thank you, Jordan, Benjamin, Stephanie, Forrest, and Scott for hanging out after your show to chat. And thank you very much once again to Alex for another great interview. You and Hollywood actor Jeff Goldblum, if you're listening, have just a few more chances to catch Bernie and Mikey's Trip to the Moon at Theater B of 59E59, which is, of course, at 59 East 59th Street in Manhattan. The show closes on Sunday, December 2nd, 2018. Head to strangemencompany.com or 259e59.org for links to tickets and more information. Thanks to you for listening into the podcast. If you dig it, please like it on Facebook, facebook.com slash go see a show. Follow at go see a show on Twitter and rate and or comment on the show's Apple Podcasts page. My name is Robert A.K. Gagno. You can find me on the internet at Robert Gagno, G-O-N-Y-O dot com. Until next time, go see a show. Yeah, Thanks. sorry, I forgot Thank I was recording. Oh, no, no worries. <laughs> yeah. All good. Yeah, Jeff Goldblum, it sounds like being John Malkovich. Yeah. When, when they all look at John Malkovich's mind. I mean, they could have done a film about Jim Carrey when they all go to his mind. Yeah. absolutely do being Jeff Goldblum. I would see that movie.